As I mentioned last week, this course on retirement planning quite neatly divides itself into three main sections. The first concerns government pension plans. The second section talks about company pension plans. And the final and biggest part of the course deals with personal pension plans. We will cover these three main retirement planning opportunities in that order over the next couple of months. And we will start this week with what Canadians can expect from our government to help us prepare for retirement. So this brings us to the Canada Pension Plan. If you've had a chance to watch this week's video, you will know the theme of that video is pension envy. The idea that the Canada Pension Plan is very highly respected around the world. Why is this? Well, first, let's understand that there are essentially two elements to the Canada Pension Plan, or CPP, as everybody calls it. There's the plan itself, which has the investment portfolio and all the money. And then there's the investment management team, the portfolio managers and investment professionals who manage the money. First, a few facts about CPP, the fund itself. The last 15 years or so have been very good to Canadians because CPP has quintupled in size. In 2006, the CPP fund was valued roughly $100 billion or so. But by September 30th, 2021, the last quarter for which I took a look at the statements, it was valued at $541 billion. This is based on current forecasted rates of return and is expected to grow by uh, very strong numbers to roughly a trillion dollars in assets by 2032. More on that investment return shortly. This growth is driven by consistently strong investment decisions. For example, the 10-year annualized rate of return at present for the last 10 years of the assets inside the fund is roughly 11.6%. That's very strong growth for such a large fund. The most recent triennial, triennial report, reports come out every three years analyzing the details of the fund, it estimates that the uh, that CPP is sustainable for the next 75 years based on projections that they've done on the current population of Canada, the retirement projections for the number of Canadians retiring, the investment rates of return forecasted, and the annual withdrawal projections on the amount of money that is actually being taken out of the fund by Canadians as they retire. The other important thing to remember is that these assets are strictly segregated or separated from general government funds. So there's no opportunity for the government to come in and essentially raid the piggy bank. So the message here is that there is a lot of money inside the fund. And with roughly 20 million Canadians relying on the CPP for at least a part of their income in retirement, it has a very high profile. But what is not so high profile, at least outside the financial industry, are the people who manage this mountain of money and the process that guides them in their investment decisions. So now let's learn a little bit about the very talented investment professionals managing the fund. This portfolio management team is known today as CPP Investments. 
as you will see in the video, the fund itself has been around since the 1950s. But it was struggling with a lot of doubts about investment performance and whether it was sustainable over the long term. Eventually, these doubts led to a full review of how the CPP fund was managed. And in 1997, the fund management was completely restructured into its present form. So CPP Investments, as we now know it, is a relatively new organization. It was created by an act of parliament, as I said, in 1997, and it received initial funding of not very much money, really $12.1 million from the CPP fund itself to set up this new organization. It began investing in publicly traded stocks that same year. And in 2001, CPP Investments made its first private market investment. Interestingly, also in 2001, this new governance model created by CPP Investments was recognized by the World Bank as a standard that other national pension plan organizations should adopt. Why is this? Well, very briefly, three main reasons. In its new form, CPP Investments is guided by an independent board of directors. Number two, the management team is completely independent from both provincial and federal governments with no interference. And three, it operates separately from the CPP fund itself. This has also led to a much more global outlook than fund management previously had. Right now, it has management teams in nine offices around the world. If you look at just the assets inside the fund, roughly one third of the investments are in the United States, roughly 190 to $200 billion and Asia at roughly 130 billion and Canada at roughly 86 billion represent the two other largest investment pools for the fund. This entire rethink of how best to manage the fund for the financial benefit of all Canadians has had a very positive effect. In 2017, provinces and the federal government agreed to a plan to increase premiums on a regular basis, which had never been done before, which would allow for also increased benefits. In 2019, this plan actually started and the premiums began to increase and they are now adjusted on a regular basis to keep up with inflation rather than at some sort of ad hoc as, as required review. Finally, in one strange way, the pandemic has also had a positive impact on the CPP fund. For 2022, this year, contributions to the fund are actually going up even more than they were expected to. Why is this? According to the very respected consulting firm KPMG and reported by Global News, maximum employee and employer contributions into CPP for 2022 will be set at $3,499, which is an increase from $3,166 in 2021. 
And the plan was for YMPE or the yearly maximum pensionable earnings amount to be increased to $63,700. And we'll talk about YMPE in class. But this earnings limit has increased even further than forecasted. It's now 64,900 rather than 63,700. This is a 5.4 annual increase and is the highest single year increase in 30 years. So what caused this? Well, there's a formula that's used to calculate YMPE. And it looks at what people are earning in an average week across Canada and compares those earnings numbers to what happened during the prior 12 months. And this happens every year on June 30th. What has happened, according to Statistics Canada, is that during the pandemic, average weekly earnings have actually gone up, primarily because there are fewer people working in lower paying jobs. So the average weekly earnings as reported by Statistics Canada has been skewed higher than would normally be the case. This is a rare bit of good news for Canadians resulting from COVID-19. So what's the bottom line? Based on all these changes that have happened recently, CPP benefits are in good shape for most of our lifetimes.